Movies. Hi, and welcome to the Badly Awesome Movies Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Justin, and with me again, as always, is Ben. Hey, Ben. Hello. How are we going? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? I'm very tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very tired. What is that? Pod, pod, uh, I had a big night out last night. I went to a friend's party. And my former neighbour, like I had the, in the the second unit just here, it's now it's been empty for about three or four weeks now. He he left his unit and went back to his his actual house, and so I haven't seen him for a while. And he was having a housewarming back there, so I have had some drinks. Nice. So so I went. How I went long did over you a go? year. It was 300, 378 days without a drink. That's and bloody then, impressive. I'm so, lucky to manage about a week. <laughs> so I've done a couple uh, trivia nights every second Saturday. I've got a group mm-hmm. together and um, just had like two light beers at that. That was like my sort of introduction back in. Yeah. But then yesterday was it was a lot more than two. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't overboard. It was like I got to the stage where I was just having like these, like a one standard drink, like cans, and I was just like. You know, I'm not completely wasted or anything, and I'm just like, I'm just going to sort of just sit on these for the night. So, and that was fun. I got there at like 3.30, and then the next time I've, I've looked at the time, it's like, oh, it's uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. I should go home. <laughs> uh, having having a, a fun night out anyway. But uh, I got through gym today. Today hasn't been the worst, and, and I'm on holidays. So I had last week off, and then uh, next week as well. So... What, where have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, very little, because we're still basically in lockdown. Um, so at the moment, we can only leave the house for up to an hour a day. Uh, for Sorry, up to two hours a day for exercise, grocery shopping, stuff like that. I'm working from home. Um, luckily, it's the school holidays for the kids, so there's no worrying about having to fit in um, dealing with school issues and stuff as well as work so it's um, not not as bad as it was a couple of weeks ago Were but, some of the rules yeah. changing today in Melbourne? Uh, yeah, there were announcements today about um, some relaxation because we've had a reduction in the number of active cases and new cases each day yeah. um, Do, Is there anything that affects your daily life? Like um, my girlfriend is like this doesn't affect me at all like she sort of just carries on as it has been for her. Yeah, look, the the thing that happened, the, the only thing that's really changed for us is um, there's a rule for outdoor public gatherings, which could have been a grand total of two people, mm. is now up to five. Okay. So it means me and the girls can go out and see the grandparents, either set of grandparents sort of thing at the park or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be good for... You know, catching up outdoors and with the weather improving because we're coming into summer um, and better weather is just going to continue to keep coming I guess um, so that's going to be good for that but um, yeah nothing really dramatic's changed at the moment yeah oh, so next week. Uh, I, I've been throwing myself into um, video games yes I've got one whole video game to talk about but uh I want to hear what you've been up to. So, well, we, 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 should we do a little bit of what we're doing th- yeah, now? Yeah. So, we're, we're going to be doing our what we've been watching and playing and and do our, our feature film, which is a Tales from the Crypt, which is yes. an anthology film. 
and then we're going to be recording like a bonus episode to be released in a couple of weeks so we can you know a bit more constant throughout the month seeing as though i won't quit another podcast yes <laughs> the ultimate quitter yes i quit the the bamcast just because of reasons not the bamcast what's the, what was it called <laughs> you've quit the, the bamcast uh, sorry sorry justin <laughs> sorry to break it to you now i know I've quit. Po- I've quit podcasts during podcasts before, <laughs> like the the Asia Mania one back in the day. Yes, back in um, it was episode one hundred too, wasn't it? Uh, episode two hundred. Two hundred. I think. I think it was two hundred. It was, was like one ninety nine, something like that. Yeah. I actually caught up with Freddie yesterday. Speaking oh, yeah? of Asia Mania, I hadn't seen him seen like twice this year, so we caught up for a bit. So I remember fun. catching up with people. Yes, <laughs> back in the good old days. Um. Yeah, so we're going to be doing like a bonus podcast as well, record. Do you want to do that just by itself or could we save some of movie talk, uh, like uh, games or whatever we've been up to with that or have this the main one and then do that I think we do this is the main one and then just like a short bonus episode on the off off Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, What was saying before that? Video games. Yes. So um, you've played a single video game, and I've also played uh, pretty much just a single video game. Oh, hold on! Can I guess? Can we guess each other's game? Well, Are you, you can guess elders? mine. Are you? F- no, hold on. Is it going to be Fallout or Skyrim? It's something like that. Skyrim. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I um, a couple of weeks. Oh, well, last month I had um, started diving back into Skyrim, and um, given that I finished work at about. 3 three thirty in the afternoon and i'm staying at home there's not really that much that i've got to do so i've been able to sink a, a bit of time into it and i actually managed to finish the main campaign and um a whole bunch of side missions i mean skyrim is one of these games where you can just literally keep playing forever yeah they have like those little miscellaneous ones that never stop don't they yeah but on top of that there's so much like I'm looking at my um, unfinished quest list, and it's massive. I've um, got you know entire factions of quests that I haven't even looked at, um, but I have managed to get to level fifty for my character. And Is it max level, or can you just no? Keep going? You can keep going in fit because um, what happens is you level up skills as you use them. Yeah, that's right. And um, once you've leveled up a certain number of skills, you gain a level, a character level, and then um, you eventually get to a skill cap of 100 on an individual skill. And then you have the option of doing uh, making it legendary, which means it restarts back to um, the base, which is 15, and um, all the perks and specials that you've unlocked reset and uh, you can build that skill up again um, which means you have the opportunity to keep leveling up okay because yeah, um, as you level that skill back up a second time round you can then start gaining character levels again and things like that so I maxed out my stealth or my sneak and then um, reset that and I've maxed that out again um, I've maxed out archery, so I basically went through a um, with a thief build and snuck around everywhere and shot people from a hidden spot, and um, and they never saw me coming. 
but you got up to level 50 and I have clocked in on this particular game on this particular save because I had sort of started once or twice before and not finished it 128 hours that's that's not that much for one of those games is it well you can you but you're not done yet you're still going to keep going though aren't you well I, I finished it and then I went back and started doing some more stuff but yeah. um, I might dip in and out so um, I finished the main quest line a couple of days ago or about a week ago and um, then went and started doing the Dark Brotherhood missions which is the um, basically the Assassin's Guild and uh, just finished that whole quest line and uh, that now comes up to just an unlimited thing of you speak to the the leader you get a mission you go off you kill that person repeat 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 so there's just going to be an unlimited number of of those yeah i remember the dark brotherhood being the the fun one on the on the what was oblivion yeah yeah i remember oblivion way more than i remember anything from skyrim so yeah so but um, you know where you won't be able to play skyrim though on a PlayStation 5, I think. <laughs> because Xbox, Microsoft bought uh, Bethesda, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Um, so that's okay because I don't have a PS5. I was going to say, I, you keep, you're tweeting a lot about the consoles and stuff and features and oh, what do you like, what don't you like, what, what are you looking for in the new system? So, so where you're sitting with all that... What's all the details on these machines anyway? I'm just like Googling what the prices are. Do we have prices for these things yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, for Australia, you're looking at about 800 bucks for... Uh, 750 yeah. for the, the full-on next-gen console. Yeah. And then there's... A What's the other one? 600. PlayStation says, yeah. 1. That's, for the discless one. Yep. And then I think it's about 500 for the Xbox Series S. Um, What's so, the difference between the S and the X for the Xbox? Right. This is where it gets messy. Yeah, fucking um, stupid naming conventions. So, oh, yeah. Um, so the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X are the flagship models for, yep. for the two respective companies. And in addition to the flagship models, both companies have reduced, uh, released a reduced price model as well. With and the PlayStation 5, it's basically discless. Yep. And that's really the main difference. Um, it doesn't have a disk drive, which means you're restricted to digital purchases only. And you can't that's use fine it as with a 4K me. Blu-ray player or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll go the, the discless one, yep. PlayStation. And Just, I've got no use for discs. Yeah. And you save about $150 Australian or... Hundred dollars US. Yeah, like when you're looking um, at the total price of seven fifty <coughs> versus six hundred, you know that's, that's mm. quite a savings. It's a noticeable amount. But then the Xbox, it's going from seven hundred and fifty down to about five hundred, which is a Ooh, massive wow. price jump. Yeah. But in addition to not having a disc drive, it also has slightly lower specs. Oh, why the fuck would you buy that? Yeah. <laughs> That's um, then, then you're coming down to the issue that you had back with the 360 of getting the 
the arcade edition is like you know you don't have a bloody hard drive mm. and a hard drive versus like a disk drive is very much a very different thing mm. because then you end up having to later on buy those to to for the yeah. games so, so um yeah that's where I'm, I don't think I would buy the Xbox Series S just on the basis that I hate load times. Yeah. And if No it, time for that shit anymore. And, and if it means that um, I'm playing something like Red Dead Redemption 2, where load times to start the game up are pretty crappy. And uh, um, if you're doing fast travel. It's not, it's not yep. terrible, but, you know, you'd, but you'd, rather, you'd rather just not do it. Yeah. Um you can assume that something like the Xbox Series S compared to the flagship model is going to have potentially longer load times and things like that. I'm not too fussed about the graphics because, um, God damn it, I grew up on an Atari 2600 (laughs) and a Commodore 64. Nice graphics are nice, but they're not going to make or break it for me. Um, So that's... um, PlayStation, I may or may not go discless, I'm not sure. But Xbox, I'm definitely not going to go with the Series S. I'll pick up the X. Um, Mm. No idea which one I'm going to pick up first. Um, And I probably won't pick one up for at least a a year or so anyway. Yeah, Um, I I think they're both more or less sold out day one anyway when they got announced. Yeah, you probably don't have much choice on the matter. Yeah. Um, Uh, November 12th for both of them. Oh, no. Yeah, they're, they're like three days apart or something oh, okay. ridiculous. Um, they're both going to be there in time for Christmas for people that are pre-ordered. I haven't listened to a video game podcast for a couple of months, so I'm really out of the loop with all this. Yeah. I'm just listening to old episodes of uh, the Rad Dude cast and um, old new episodes of post-wrestling uh, yeah. wrestling podcast. I'm, I'm mostly listening to uh, role-playing game live play podcasts uh but i still listen to game burst which is a 30 minute news show uh which is really to them for, like i used to listen to like every single episode but then i just sort of fell out of the loop and yeah i don't even is, is neil taylor still on that podcast like, uh, who, who does it is zan Tyriad still on there <laughs> yep so um is Garrett, midge on it still <laughs> yeah 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 um it, oh, it's a semi-rotating cast um Xanteriad is pretty much there all the time. And then it's just, depending on schedules, who else yeah. is there. Neil Taylor's been, been back for a little while. Midge is on there periodically and, and um, a few others. But, uh, you know, it, it's a nice, short, here's the news, here's the general updates. It's not a lot about what they're playing or yeah, yeah. Um, general gas bagging like we're doing now. But I don't um, even see people like... T- tweeting about them or in, like I just don't see that interaction like back when I first got into doing podcasts with Asia Main stuff it was like yeah the same coin and all these mm. guys like 80s picture house like like everybody was on everybody's show and everybody was sort of talking to each other online and you'd be part of like different forums and stuff but now it just seems like everyone's doing their own thing and you you forget some shows even exist yeah um, but uh, yeah Game Burst and uh, Last Save Loaded are probably the two video game shows I still listen to. Yeah. And then pretty much everything else is is people playing Dungeons and Dragons and other role playing games. So um, you know, Critical Role, um, which is 
insanely massive. Um, the Dum Dums and Dragons podcast, which um, I'm a huge fan of, um, and one of the few patron Patreons that I actually support. Mm. Um, Is that the one and, where you get the dice from, or something? No, oh. no. They, they, these are guys from Canada that have that put out about eight different shows a month. Yeah. Um, and it, they're just funny. Like, even if you're not really into role-playing, you could still listen to them and get some good laughs out of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's what I've been listening to. Um, what about so, yourself? What are you planning to, to pick well, up if and when you pick something up? I'll get the PlayStation 5 at some point. Just like, you know, I switched from 360, went to PS4... But, you know, the Xbox Game Pass is, like, you can't really argue with that. Like, the, the mm. value for that is so good, but I just don't want to go back to Xbox. Like, the fucking menus on an Xbox One is god-awful and yeah. confusing and just too much clutter in it. Yeah, so I, and, I got a massive deal when they converted from Game Pass to Game Pass Ultimate. Oh, yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. prepaid something, like, up until about May 2022. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Game, game Pass is locked in for me for free for for quite a while so yesterday i finally finished red dead redemption 2 so you you remember that i started it proper back on the previous school holidays yeah i do (laughs) last the previous term it's like all right i've got a week off as well i'm gonna really put a dent in this because i was was probably like an hour in at, at that point and i'm not sure if you can check your stats like they don't really have the detailed gta file five stats where you can see all the hours played to my knowledge anyway but i'm 100 percent done on the story and i think i'm like 85 percent of overall completion is i'm not going to do all the collectible stuff but i was very satisfied with how the story wrapped up um get really attached to the characters i did like i didn't think i was in a certain way and then you get to the the epilogue and so i'm not going to spoil anything um and it's like, oh man, this is such a come down after everything else. And it's like, uh, it doesn't feel the same. But then you get onto like the epilogue part two. It's like, fuck man, this game just keeps going. <laughs> and then it's like, I don't want it to end. Like, I'm just like, like all these characters. Oh, one character's a complete bitch. But... And then uh, you finish the game and then it's like, man, I'd really like to play Red Dead Redemption 1 again now. But there's no way to play it on the PS4 unless I get that playstation now i think the, oh, the, yeah. str- the streaming thing so yeah now that i've got all, all this background on these characters that are in that game i'd like to to redo that I, I don't think i've got the disc for the 360 anymore but um i've got to always plug the xbox one in and, and re-buy it on that i suppose hmm. just just for one game but after when i finally put this to rest i'll be uh going into Horizon Zero Dawns. I bought that a while ago, pretty cheap, and I've never played it. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to be really good. So, yeah, um, I picked it up on the ba- on the just the general buzz, yeah, that I'd heard for it, and I picked it up on sale. Um, and for me, I just never quite got into it. But um, yeah, that, that's not saying that it's a bad game. It's just one that didn't particularly click with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's other than the Fallout and Elder Scrolls games, not a lot of games really click with me um, these days. I don't know why, but uh, well, you just like yeah. you better do your own thing. 
It's like I don't want to do the story thing. I want to explore. Mm. I guess that's part of like your D and D stuff as well, and adventuring. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, it's very appealing to do that. So, oh, absolutely. Mm. Uh, have you been watching anything? Uh, yeah, finished watching um, the latest series of Lucifer, which is on uh, Netflix. Yeah, I've never uh, seen it. I didn't. Are they still making that show? Yeah, yeah. They it got taken over by Netflix after it got cancelled by its um, oh, okay. usual its original place, um, and they've released one and a half seasons so far. And there's another half a season coming out soonish. Um, started rewatching the boys because um, it's season two, is that yeah? Yeah, and uh, Jane had never watched it, so um, she got interested in that just because uh, she is a massive fan of um, not so much Supernatural the TV series, but the two lead actors of Supernatural the TV series. And one of them is going into the boys for oh, which season one, three. Which one? Which one's that? Um, Sam D- or Dean? Dean. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I I was a big fan of Supernatural for a long time until they yeah. got to like season six, and it's like, really, you're gonna do this for like another five years? <laughs> keep going. Yeah, they're just yeah. yeah. Keep going. Um. So yeah, we we started rewatching that. Um. And yeah, a couple other bits and pieces, but nothing, nothing really worth mentioning. What about yourself? Yeah, I've been watching some series on on Netflix and Stan and things. What was the um, AP Bio, which is it's in its third season. At, it's got Patton Oswalt in it, sort of as supporting character, and no like huge names in it. And it's just like American sitcom takes place in like a a college where it's like a Harvard teacher. Is like uh, gets kicked out of Harvard and he goes back to his like hometown and he's got to, like teach at the high school. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, like, yeah. Back, he's back in a high school and so like he hates being back there and he's just trying to get revenge on the person back at Harvard and like the trailer that they played. It's like I've never ever heard of the show. And it's the third season. It's like this looks really easy. Sit down and watch twenty two minute episodes and really enjoy it. And like um, Olivia, my youngest, she's like, "Can we watch AP Bio tonight?" And we then we just sit down and watch like four episodes. So. Getting through that. Hmm. But I actually had a trip to the cinema for the first time since COVID because we can do that here. So I saw Tenet, the oh, latest yeah. latest Christopher Nolan vehicle. And what do you know about Tenet? Nothing. Now, I'm like a big Christopher Nolan movie and I've really go out of my way to see all of his films at the cinema because it's mm-hmm. those sort of like IMAX films and like they, they you know it, it's a big deal when he does his movies yeah they're, they're the sort of film that are made for cinema rather than for a yeah. home yeah. yeah and so i knew i was going to see it and i purposely avoided trailers i avoided like literally the only thing i knew about it was that the name of the movie was tenet and it was made by christopher nolan so i'm sitting in the theater and i was like i have no idea what genre this movie is and so it starts off and there's like they're at the at, uh, at the opera or like yeah it's like an, an opera thing's kicking off and then it's like oh there's a terrorist attack happening here okay is this gonna be like a hostage movie and then it's like oh no is this like a cia thing so like, oh we've got a it's just a spy thriller movie oh is it an action movie oh hold on it's a sci-fi movie oh there's time travel in this movie <laughs> and the time travel is not even a big deal <laughs> it's like oh yeah 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 
that that's yeah, time tra- travel exists, but don't worry about that. Let's like focus on this other thing. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's left scratching my head there for a while, and there's bits where the movie's like, I think it's trying to be super clever, but you know, it doesn't get the chance to. It's like, aha, here's this big surprise, and it's like. Nah, I saw that coming like half an hour ago, but then there's other bits where it's like, I have no idea what's going on and what that was all about. Not mm. as confusing as that other uh, Inception. I feel like that's probably a bit harder to, to gather what's going on in that movie. And I, well, I think that's that kind of once. part of the point of Inception too. Yeah. yeah. Layers upon layers and it's like, oh, what was really happening here? Hmm. But... Uh, I think I like yeah. I definitely didn't dislike it. It was two and a half hours long, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, social distancing, which, which in the is uh, dramatically longer than you lasted on our bonus movie for this week. Yes, <laughs> can, can we get through that? <laughs> we'll yeah. get to we'll get to we'll get to um, that in two a weeks fortnight time. from now. <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't really watched anything else worth talking about. But... Hmm. All right. Well, shall we move on to our movie of the month? We shall. How long? Well, okay. Banter for 25 minutes. Not bad. Yeah. All right. So I picked this movie. It is uh, Tales from the Crypt, from uh, released March 9th, 1972. It has an IMDb rating of 7.0. Directed by Freddie Francis. I don't know. I've got that in there. Hold on. Let's bring up the IMDb page. I don't have it ready. I what do. Have you... Okay. Go for it. Um, for the bio storyline... Uh, five people come upon a catacomb and take the tour. After they get lost, they find they're trapped and they see the Crypt Keeper. He asks each of them why they're there. Uh, then, spoilers. Um, da, 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 da. Um, and then um, you find out what really happens. And it just runs through the um, the five stories of the um, the five people that have been... Um, yeah, it's not just five. Like some, it's like a couple and their mates, and it's like, yeah, yeah. No, but but I mean, there's only five people in the crypt with the crypt keeper. Was there? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I was really confused because I thought the crypt keeper was going to be like that skeleton dude from like the um the demon knight cover, like from all the covers and stuff. It's like, yeah. oh, it's just an old dude with a bloody hood on. <laughs> <laughs> so. Tales from the Crypt. So, so it's like a comic from the fifties, and then they've got so many like these spin-off movies and everything. Like just looking at yeah. the, um, I mean, as as a franchise, um, it's it's covered a lot of ground. So the fifties so, comics. Then they've got the Vault of Horror, which I think was something else. That's a bi-monthly horror comic made from the same company. I think then the Haunt of Fear, which is other. Comics, so I'm not sure if they sort of have different kind of stories rather than what the Tales from the Crypt was. Then you got this 1972 film, then you had yeah. then you The had Vault the of Horror, TV series. Demon Knight, Bordello of Blood, and then as recent as 2002 is just called rit- Ritual. Ritual, I can't say that word. Rit- Ritual? Ritual. Rit- yep. Ritual. Uh, if you look at the Demon Knight one, it's got like Billy Zane. Dick Miller, Thomas Hayden Church, Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, CCH Pounder, which like that's like a character actor you see. It's yep. like oh, that's her. I mean, 
feel like I should have yeah, picked well, that one. I remember, <laughs> well, look, I would have picked that straight up for our um, bonus feature, but it's not free on streaming anywhere. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but no, I totally would have done Death Knight. It's a horror comedy and... Um, Oh, you've seen it before, have you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, back when it first came out. And that's not an actual... That's not an anthology Back when it was a new release VHS cassette. Uh, Yeah, it's just a single movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But that would have been a really fun one to to watch and review. But unfortunately, it wasn't available on um, streaming. And that's sort of the the one restriction that we have is that um, we try and keep everything as um, something that's available for free on a streaming service or YouTube that, that we can watch without having to pay, pay for them because that's any more most, than of what we, doing, yeah. most of what we watch isn't worth paying for. Yeah. <laughs> of most of your picks. Uh, so hey, the first well, story, well, so we had five stories here plus the intro-outro thing. So the first yeah. one's called And All Through the House. So this is taking place on uh, Christmas Eve. Was there any reason why the, the wife kills the husband and then is like dragging the body... Like trying to cover up this murder without waking up the the kid that's upstairs, and then yeah. some like homicidal dude that's dressed up as Santa Claus, like some homeless guy, is trying to get into the house. And then, like, don't you just love these really old horror movies where somebody gets killed just by like being grabbed? Yeah, <laughs> like, like we we can't so really do th- the blood. There's and guts. a lot to unpack here. So I guess first of all, it's Christmas Eve. Um, which I guess makes this a Christmas movie. Yes, just, yes, it does. Just throwing it out there. So along with Die Hard. Um, so we've got um, Christmas Eve, and Joan Collins's character decides to kill her husband on Christmas Eve with the kid in the house. Like literally, just if the kid gets out of bed, she's going to see a dead body. She, like, um, there's no way that she was getting away with this murder. Like, there's blood everywhere, and then she's just like yeah. trying to just wash it away with like a sponge or something. It's like, so DNA um, testing, you're done, mate. I, I I made some notes. I made some uh, dot points, if you yes. will. Um, so um, first dot point is um, this is a terrible plan. <laughs> the, you're it killing a- you're killing the kid's dad on Christmas Eve. With the kid in the house, you're stabbing them on top of a bloody white fur rug. Yep, yep. Um, and then, as it goes on a little bit, it gets slightly less terrible in that um, her plan is kill him where she can easily kill him because obviously he could overpower her if it came to a straight-up fight. How so she kill him just whack him in the head with a fire poker or something, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much from behind, fire poker. So it was bang. like premeditated, or was it sort of spur of oh, the moment? To- like totally premeditated. It I looks mean, like she such um, a bad plan. Yeah, uh, from what I could see, she was getting um, life insurance or something out of him. Oh, okay, I was like, I didn't know what the motivation was. Yeah, because straight up, she kills him. She goes to the safe. She pulls out some papers, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a like a life insurance policy or something like okay. that. So she's done it for money. Um, then um, what she's going to do though is after she's done the kill of convenience, she's going to drag the body, chuck it down the stairs, and make it look like he's fell and hit his oh, head yeah. on yeah, the way down. Um, which brings me to the blood. 
Yeah, it was just right. paint, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, she that looked so much like the sort of red paint you get as a kid in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like <laughs> just finger painting. full on. This is finger paint, painting paint, just red. <laughs> and um, she scoops some of it up in a wine glass and then sort of dabs it around where she's chucked him down the cellar. Um, she cleans everything up. Oh, she's throwing the paper and stuff that's got blood on it into the fireplace. Okay. That's, yeah, Plan's that's right. starting to right. make a little more sense. Still not great. She should have just lured him into the bloody... near the stairs and smacked him over the back of the head then. But anyway, her plan, yeah, that's fine. Um, but then you have the subplot. And the subplot is there is an escaped psycho on the loose dressed as Santa Claus who um, decides to randomly pick her house as the one that he's going to try and get into. And um, she goes to um, lock all the doors and windows and um, try and avoid him. He's trying to get in. She goes to call the cops, looks over and, oh yeah, I've got a dead body in the house. Mm, best not call the police just now. <laughs> and... Um, so she goes through, um, finishes up the rest of her plan where it looks like it's an accident, um, goes to call the police and um, notices that the house keys have been moved. Um, looks up and realises that her daughter has um, gotten out of bed, seen Santa and lets Santa into the house. Um, and, at and which point just, Santa... Just strangles her and that's it. Yeah. Well, strangles her, gives her a bit of a shoulder massage, you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. you know. And then, like, fade out back to the... Then you go back to the crypt where the... So the the deal with all these uh, people that have their stories, so they're talking to the crypt keeper and say, and it's a complete fucking lie when we get yeah. to the the end. Yeah. I, that pissed me off. That's all like, right, well, we'll, 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 come, we'll cover that at the end because yeah, yeah. there's some, some other stuff about that. Um... So, yeah, that's the first story with, with Joan Collins. Then we have um, the second story, which uh, was called Reflections of Death, um, where Carl lies to his wife and say, says that, uh, I've got to go to this work thing for a few days, and he's actually just packing up to move in with his mistress. Yeah, having a um, with the, the secretary. Yep. Um, so he goes off to do that. They um, are driving. Um, it looks like they're going a fair distance. Um, he's getting tired, so she takes over. Um, he drifts off, screams in his sleep, wakes up. Um, she gets distracted, and they have a car crash. Yeah, we have like a dream within a dream within a flashback from the... Yep. The crib keeper. It was like, what um, the hell? So, um, you know, they have this car crash. Um, he wakes up. He's near the stills. Now, I'm going to point this out. Still smoking car wreck. With nobody yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, Confusion. Th- What's going yeah. on here? Now, it's it's now switched to a first-person perspective for the um, from, from cinematography. Yeah. And you can sort of see his hands and see his view. Um, and he goes off to towards this old homeless guy who looks up, screams, and runs away. Hmm. Then um, this had a really good effect of like 
you wanting to see what the other people were seeing and being terrified. Mm. It was like, oh, we're going to... Yeah, like, I, I quite like the cinematography in this one. Yeah, this is like really... Not that it had me on edge or anything, but it's like, you know, I was like really Some, got yeah, sucked you, into... You know something's going on. Yeah. So and, I, yeah, and you're I really waiting to see the one. reveal. Um, then he um, goes up to a car, um, flags the car down, the guy pulls over, again, screams and just tears off. Uh he then goes back to his own home and uh, his wife is there but there's this other guy there as well he knocks on the door she opens the door screams and slams the door and um, he then tries going back to uh, Susan the The mistress the mistress and uh, Susan is back in the apartment that she was moving out of yeah, so when, all the uh, furniture's back in there and all that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we find out that uh, she has gone blind. Uh, yeah, so we see that she doesn't react to him. And so, okay, how come she's not carrying on? I was like, oh, she's blind. Yep. And uh, that she was in a car accident two years ago. I'll bring you back to the point that the car was still smoking. Yeah. That car has been on fire for two years. Um, Unless it wasn't really smoking, maybe that's just how he saw the event or something. Maybe. But then, um, yeah. But uh, and then he um, catches a glimpse of his reflect- reflection, and just at the same time that she sort of says, "Oh yes, Carl, you can't be Carl. Carl died two years ago." And then and, you get the uh, very sudden where he well, looks at the coffee table or something like that, yep, and then yep, it's like a scream, table. and it's like, "Whoa, I wasn't ready for that." <laughs> <laughs> and I think I might have jumped. And uh, at that point, um, he then wakes up from his dream, which is where he was in the car and he screamed and woke up. Yeah. And then... It crashes. They had the <laughs> okay. accident. Um, now, I don't know, and I don't really cover it, whether this is a time loop where he's just going to constantly go through that whole routine again and again and again and again. Or whether they were showing that he had this um, like prophecy dream. Well, that's of, what I thought they were all going to be like. If you continue your ways, this is what's mm. co- this is your fate, and that's basically what the crypt uh, says at the start, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I want to show you your future. Kind, of, I think they say that something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get to uh, number three: poetic justice. Uh, do you want to talk about this one? Poetic justice. Which one was this? That's I'm with just... uh, Grimsdyke, the uh, the widowed janitor. Oh, okay. Played so, by yeah, Peter Cushing. This is where Peter Cushing turns up. And I don't know if I would have recognised him. Is he? I feel like I've probably only seen him in clips of like the old Hammer Horror stuff and then uh, you know Star Wars, of course. Yes. Whereas this, he just looks like, yeah, he's just like this old fuddy-duddy um, guy that ends up getting uh, bullied by the... What was the reason for this? So we've got, I'm just going to read it from this thing here. Um so James Elliot lives with his father Edward, across the street from an elderly dustman, <laughs> dustman Arthur Grimsdyke, that's Peter Cushing, who owns a number of dogs and entertains uh, children in his house. Yes, totally not um, nothing wrong with that. While both the Elliots are snobs who resent Grimsdyke as a, a blight on their neighbourhood, James strongly detests the old man enough to conduct a smear campaign against him. Yeah, so he goes and like. To, Destroys the garden. It's like, oh, I guess that was the dogs that uh, 
destroyed this, the other neighbor's uh, garden. So then they just no proof, and they just take all these dogs off him. Which were how many dogs did he have in that tiny little cage? Like this is uh, the stuff I see in Ravens. About would, ten or twelve dogs. Yeah, in this tiny cage. Um, now, I'll um, I, I linked you before we uh, a day or two ago the uh, original comics that these were made from yeah I've read through some of the final part I didn't well, was there something of note in this one well just uh, it gives a lot more background okay so um, the reason what happens in the comic and they don't really cover it as well in the this clip is um, they because they think that the dogs destroyed the roses what they end up doing is pushing for um, a licensing fees for all pets. And he had like a dozen dogs and ten cats and he just couldn't afford the licensing fee, which is why after this incident he ended up losing all of his animals. Um, and they don't really cover yeah, it. They, do they just sort of go, oh, you've your dogs destroyed the roses so uh, we're taking them away. Um, but the comic actually makes a lot more sense. On Hold on, the kid, kids have the TV up really loud in the lounge room. You can probably hear that. So I'm just going to close some doors. I'll be right back. Sure. Okay, sorry about that. Continue. That's all right. Um, yeah, so it um, just sort of covered that particular... Like, it made more sense. In um, in the comic than did in the movie for that particular thing, but yeah, the um, the snooty neighbors basically just start a smear campaign and they. But the father wasn't like that. Though. He was just like, ah, oh, leave him be, kind of thing, wasn't he? No, he was. Was he? Wasn't, he wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't as in the crypt with the, with the other guy. He wasn't really like punished, was he? No, but he wasn't. Well, he probably will be once he eventually dies. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, the the son was the main antagonist. Yeah. And the dad wasn't like He's he was helping culpable. out a little bit, but he wasn't really the driving force. Like if the son had dropped it, he wouldn't have kept going sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, they basically get rid of his dogs, they make him lose his job. Um he spent a lot of time with the kids in the neighbourhood. Yeah, so they it says here, sort of and later, ex- exploiting parents' paranoid fears about child molestation. Was, was he giving out candies or something like that? Um, it was more... I don't think it was the fear on child molestation. It was more the... Um, because he was a garbage man or a dustman or oh, whatever. Oh, it's also dirty. Um, yeah. It's dirty and God knows where he gets those lollies from and he probably pulls them out of the bin and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then the sort of final step um, is the Valentine's Day cards that um, he suddenly receives a whole bunch of Valentine's Day cards that have these horrible messages in them. So this is awesome. Not only is this a, a Christmas film, it's a Valentine's romantic movie too. Huzzah! Yeah. And then he commits suicide. He does. Was what it, they just don't hear anything from a while, so they, I think the police go to check out, and he's he's hung himself. Mm. And then um, what, what's it? One year later, exactly one year later, Grimstock oh, yeah, rises. One year to the day, rises from the grave, rise from your grave, and takes revenge on James. 
and um, yeah, uh, and you again, were mean when, and cruel right from the start. Now you really have no, and then dot, it's, dot, like, dot. it's like it's like he's got like the um, fish and chip paper with the the, the heart yep. in it. Yeah, it's still and, beating. It's like oh come yeah. on, get a grip. You've got that word for word. Well, I've got written down here too. Um, the other comment I had for that scene was um, that um, this was another one where it looks like they got the for blood they just used the the red finger paint again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just really blatantly red paint. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this blood is really cooperative when it comes to to rioting and you know, mm. or finger to, painting to even. dressing a set. <laughs> uh, so up next we got wish you were here. Like, I'm not recognizing yeah. these here. Oh, this is okay, the one. With, oh, that's the, one with the, the monkey paw variation. Yeah, yeah the three yeah. wishes. So I found it fun that they actually acknowledged. It's like, oh, this is like the old monkey paw thing, you know. Mm. You might wish for something, but then it's uh, it's going to come at a at a great cost. And were these people bad? Like, did they deserve? Yeah. Look, I, I rewatched this one because I was trying to work out. So, it's a husband and wife. The wife makes all these wishes and. The husband ends up dead. We'll, we'll cover it in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I'm watching it the first time. I was thinking, well, why is he there? It's like you know, his wife bloody killed him by accident. But uh, it's sort of set up in the first scene of this segment where he's lost all his money. Um, he's also lost the superannuation money of people that have entrusted it to him. Oh, okay. And when they first talk about the statue that grants the wishes. She, um, the wife says, Oh, yes, you got that in Hong Kong when you were selling guns to the and then oh, gets interrupted. Okay, so the guy's like a gun dealer, and okay, all sort of other completely missed. Like, I feel yeah. like they need to reiterate that these people deserve whatever happens to them, yeah. Because on, on the first sort of viewing, I was thinking, Yeah, okay, he's a ruthless businessman, yeah, but yeah, it's like a lot more you've got to actually focus on it to pick up that he was a bloody gun runner and he'd done all these horrible business things and stuff like that it's, it's just not really spelled out in the episode hmm. um so the first but, wish is for what a lot of money and yep. but he's like no no don't do that don't do that <laughs> just well he wishes. was in the middle of telling her about the bloody monkey's paw story <laughs> yeah and it's like oh crap um but straight away, the phone rings and his um, accountant or lawyer or whoever the guy was um, says, I need you to come over straight away. Um, it's about money. So uh, he jumps in the car, drives off, and... There's this motorbike thing, which... Yeah. Was that meant to be part of the curse? Like, how did that come along? Like, I feel that, like that... they could have just, like, his tires could have, like, just burst and... Mm. Some like final destination kind of um, death, but instead yeah. they had somebody so like he's, scary. He's drive, for the listeners, um, he's driving from his home off to see his solicitor, and there's a figure standing under or beside one of the trees in his yard, and then on a motorbike following him all the way from his house for you know, several minutes of footage, getting closer, getting closer, and then. Um, the guy looks in his rearview mirror and the motorbike guy's right behind him and you see this skull mask or skull yeah. face. Being the 70s, I don't know whether it was meant to be he was wearing a mask or whether that was meant to be a skull face and it was just how they did the makeup. Um, 
and then you find out that there's been a car crash and yeah that whole thing with the guy on the motorbike didn't really make a lot of sense as to why that happened that way uh, but basically the wife wished for money the husband dies in the car crash and he has a massive insurance policy uh, the wife then makes a second wish uh, wishes to bring him back exactly how he was just before the accident yeah so they like oh you've got to be really careful how you word it you've got to like be very specific but then, and so you think like well surely that covers all the bases but it's like no no he's been embalmed it's like this is no, the no, same no, no, no. day that, that, isn't it go, go back a bit go back a bit did i miss a bit what did I miss? Uh, you missed one so i feel like this all happened on the in... same day yeah pretty much it was bang 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 um so she wishes for him to be back how he was before the accident and that's when you find out just before the accident he had a heart attack so he didn't die because of the crash yeah he died because of the heart attack so he comes as he was just so instead of being horribly disfigured and mangled and burnt in the wreck and things like that oh, was they didn't look at his body or something didn't they he was like, oh, was comes a back as casket. just a just a corpse yeah because he died of a heart attack and then the car more or less just slowed down to a stop on the road mm. instead of crashing Oh, so then the, the second, the third, so the final, the the final wish. wishes, yeah, to try to like and, cover it. And um, the third wish is her being distraught and going, no, no, I wish he was alive, alive and talking and breathing and I wish he was alive forever. And as soon as she said alive forever, I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to go badly. Mm. Um, and we find out that he's in, um, as soon as she says that, he bursts out of the coffin uh, or sits up in the coffin um, starts writhing and screaming and is in intense pain and the solicitor sort of bursts in the door because he ju- only just left and goes no you fool the you know funeral parlors prepared him his body's full of embalming fluid um, so the guy was just in intense pain because he's yeah. got acid running through his veins and um, she tries chopping him up with a sword. Yeah, and it's uh, just—it's like sausages. Which just happens to be around the house, <laughs> and um, he's just in more and more pain because in now, in addition to the um, embalming fluid, he's now got his guts exposed, and um, then it sort of just in scene there, um, and flashes back to him, and you're like, yeah. The first time I watched it, it's like, okay, that's your story. I can see that you died horribly. Um, but totally miss the whole point of him being an evil yeah, person yeah. beforehand. Because then, like the solicitor guy, like he was there in the the crypt as well. So I was like, "How is he here? What did no, he no, do?" No, that wasn't the, that wasn't the solicitor guy. I th- no, I swear all three of them were there. Weren't no, they? no, no. Okay. It was just the five people. Um, because I counted them at the end. Yeah. Um. And then we get to the... So that, um, that ruins the end. Because if he's going to be alive forever in that pain thing, then how is he, you know, when you get the reveal at the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes no sense. Anyway. Um, and this maybe is the maybe last enough one. damage. Okay, we're up to the last one now. We're up to the last one, which... Um, I feel like this was just, the... Was this the longest one? Or it just had, like, the yeah, most most setup? 
And then it, it definitely felt the longest. Yeah, like not in a bad way. It felt like the more most fledged, uh, fleshed out. Mm. No pun intended, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> story like the most well built one. So, well, we're at, at a home for the blind. Yes, um, and it's we've and got like you've this. Got, uh, Major Rogers has just been appointed the new boss. Yeah, and he's all about the budget cuts, and he's a he's a cruel man, and. The place is freezing. So, oh, we need more blankets. We need. They're just eating slop. They're like they, you know, they can't. It's like, it's like water and peas or something, isn't it? Or not even that. Brown yeah. toilet water, like used toilet water. <laughs> not not yeah. So but, so by the, he comes there. He's got this massive, um, vicious dog that he's got fully trained with him as well. Um, and as soon as he takes over. He cuts the food back. He cuts the blankets. He cuts the heating. Um, one of the blind people basically dies of exposure. Um, they do the whole, you know, when you're blind, all of your other senses become heightened. So yeah. we feel the cold more. We feel hunger more. We blah, blah, blah. Um, so he sort of goes through all of that. Um, he's basically a prick uh to them um and and shows absolutely no remorse he's more and he's living quite comfortably yeah he's like getting, he's eating um, steak and veggies like and you know yeah he's got, he's got, got wine eating. and all that and um so the the blind people aren't particularly happy with him and um so they end up um they craft a plan drafting a plan um, where they get they basically take some of the meat from everyone's meal like just one piece of meat from everyone's meal bacon or something yeah Yeah. it looked like bacon Um, and now what do you think about the blind acting here like they're just reaching like they're handing a plate and they're just like grabbing the meat immediately off without feeling where the plate was or anything like that and they're all being silent because they're not trying to like make it obvious what they're doing and this is like the blind acting was pretty atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they start like grabbing hammers off the wall and just oh. nailing things. <laughs> Building this whole bloody maze of bloody uh, razor, razors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they do get the, um, uh, the meat. They use it to lure the dog into the basement. And... Um, lock him away they then go and confront the major and um just by sheer numbers you know manhandle him into a separate room i feel like he could have got out of that (laughs) i don't know Uh, um i think it was just it was literally a numbers game but yeah they were walking down those stairs pretty well with no rails considering they're blind and like as a huge group pushing somebody so and um, again, with the um, going back to the comics that, that these were based on, um, in addition to just being um, about the money, in the comics, the guy was a complete prick. Like, he would actually put obstacles in the blind people's way, he'd remove banisters so they'd fall down the stairs, and you know, yeah, he definitely real wasn't evil that cruel piece in, the, of work. in the movie, yeah. Um, in the movie, it was just he was about the money and um, was showing absolutely no remorse. Mm. 
but um, yeah, so you had uh, probably the the main blind guy, which uh, was was okay, but the rest of them were were pretty dodgy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they lock him in one room. They lock the dog in another, and then you just hear the dog getting more and more aggressive because the dog was starving, and you have um, lots of sawing and hammering and all this sort of stuff going on. He's got no idea what they're doing, um, but you know, after a, a couple of days from the feel of things, they um, open the door to his cell. Yeah, they've got this very complex like pulley system with ropes and opening mm. and closing locking doors and yeah, all this sort of yeah. like chicken wire kind of netting yep. that they had to to funnel him around where they wanted him to go. So um, they uh, they get it all sort of set up. He gets let out and he's in this little sort of corridor thing that they've made. And as he walks down, you get to this section of corridor that's really narrow and is just absolutely covered in razor blades. Yeah, like shaving like razors. thousands and thousands of the buggers. I mean, these and, guys are like really cruel. Like, <laughs> mm. At this point, did you like start feeling bad for the guy at all? Um, I started feeling a little queasy because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was obvious what I, was going to happen. You knew that something was going to happen with the dog or the dog was going to get him. I was yeah. starving the dog and then... Um, but they, um, he gets through the razors and he's trying to get out and there's a door that he can see and then that shuts and then um, there's another door so he starts heading towards that and then that's where the dog is and then, yeah, you just see like there's just a latch and a piece of string and they pull the piece of string, opens the latch, dog comes bursting out and starts heading for him. He starts backing away and then he's in this position where the dog's coming at him, the corridor that he's had to navigate very, very carefully because it's covered in razor blades and very narrow um, is right in front of him and then they flick off the lights. Yes, it was like the, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, it was like genius because it sort of comes back like now you know mm. we're blind, we're in the dark, and now you have to deal with it. Yeah. Plus this horrible mess you got yourself into. And um, just when it comes to horror, that's the bit that really like where he was right there. It's like I've either got to get mauled by this vicious dog. Or throw myself into some razor blades. Either way... I mean, I feel like the dog's still going to get him. Even if he gets back through the razors. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that sort of... um, Situation is what gets me in horror. More so than jump scares and gore and and stuff like that. It's that... It's like sore. It's like you've got to do this horrible thing to yourself to get out of the predicament. And um, going back to the previous one with Three Wishes, um, you know, thinking about what happened to the guy and the position he ended up in being basically an eternal ongoing pain um, upset me more than anything else. Yeah. You know, like, none of the gore bothered me. The jump scares, not that there were many, but... Um, and the, the twists and things like that didn't really upset me. It's more when you sort of get thinking on it. 
yeah, about like what's what's going to happen after the, um, yeah. the show, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's always a bit that gets to me the most. Um, and then we sort of get to the back to the crypt keeper, where he says, "Okay, well, this is the um, the situation. Surprise! That's not what's going to happen to you. That's what's already happened. You're basically in hell." And because you are unrepentant when you died, you're stuck in hell forever. Um, the, which... the door to hell opens. Mm-hmm. Like fog had, you have the great uh, green screen effect of the guy like falling to the fiery abyss, which was amazing. Yes. <laughs> I loved I loved that special effect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw this. It's like, God, this is Justin's wheelhouse right here. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw you all the way back to the start of the movie now. Yeah. And there was a um, a giveaway early on. Yeah. Um, so what happens at, at the... And we sort of skimmed over this. At the start, there's the... Um, um, the tour thing. Catacomb right. tour. Yeah. And a couple of people get um, left... Uh, get separated because they fall behind because... Um, the I've forgotten her name. Joan Collins has dropped her brooch, and it's this massive, big blue brooch, which um, she picks up and you know puts back on her um, blouse. And um, her and the four guys that are with her are the ones that sort of get separated and get lost and end up with the crypt keeper. That brooch. She received as her Christmas present from her husband during her segment. Yeah, which then led to her death. Yep. So, so I wonder what the other for her to have had that things, brooch. What other clues um, were there along yeah, the way? Yeah, she must have already have gone through that situation. Yeah. Yeah. But then you got the like the car crash zombie man with no face or whatever. Mm. Like that was just like. You've got dream sequences within that, so it's a bit hard to sort of like pick out any clues because it was, you know, it was a bit dizzying. I think that one. But, but uh, is that everything for this movie? Like, I, th- I think a, it is. I, I feel like there's thinks... a lot of these like actors that you've probably seen in things as well, just like these mm. of the era. Like everybody seems like they're probably well known at the time, and like people have been in a lot of like horror films and stuff. So yeah. it seemed like it had some class to it, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it it definitely had name actors, um, and aside from some of the blind people, it wasn't oh, yeah, yeah. you know particularly bad acting or anything like that. Um, which I guess brings us to our our scoring on our painted one to nine scoring system. First of all, what was uh, your what was your favorite and least favorite segment then? Ooh, um, I think I liked the monkey paw the most. Yeah. Because that's the, one um, that you can sort of think along yourself. Was like, mm. like when they make when they like getting real specific. Uh, you're like, oh, you'd say this and this and this and this and this to make sure that it all, all goes well. So that yeah, that was my favorite one and my least favorite one. I, I think maybe the Christmas one, just because you know, there's not much dialogue in it, and it's like you're not gonna get away with this, love. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of liked the um. The I didn't Christmas dis- one, I didn't dislike just because it, it was because it was so had such blatant plot holes with her plan, it was getting into that badly awesome sort of... Oh, yeah. 
you know, feel for me. I'd probably say it was the the Home for the Blind one that was my least favourite. Like, it just took a while to get going, but... Yeah, yeah if it that, was long and... Like, they could, like, stretch that in, out into a full movie, probably. Mm. Like, aspects to it, to into a, a film by itself, I think. Yeah. So, but, um, so if the scoring, then. You want to give us a rundown of the st- system? Yep. Okay, so um, we go on a 1 to 9 system, broken up into three categories. 1 through to 3 is just a bad movie. Um, shouldn't have been made, has no real redeeming features. Uh, 4 through to 6 is the scope of a normal movie. So your summer blockbusters, your Oscar award winners, they're going to get a rating of between about 4 to 9. But the movies that are so bad that they're fun to watch not despite of their flaws, but because they have them, um, that's where you get a 7, 8, or a 9 rating. Um, so something that is just so truly bad, it's like watching a train, a car crash, and you can't stop and it's, watching. And it's still smoking. It, and you still enjoy yes. <laughs> um, then that gets into the um, 7 through to 9 category. Where do you put this? I think it's like an eight and a half. Like, do you think it's it's like in that seven, eight, nine range? Like, I feel like it's it's wacky and it's enjoyable. It's got proper acting. It's like, there's stuff to you can actually enjoy in this. Um, you got people getting cut up with the dumb guts and stuff everywhere. Without it, it looks like they're trying. It doesn't look like they're not trying with like current cheap horror movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm. I think I was saying eight. Like, I really, I really enjoyed this. Okay, I'm I'm in two minds. Um, on one hand, I'm thinking just a straight five. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie. It has some good bits, some bad bits. Um, it's not really stand out as a bad movie in a badly awesome way or in a bad way. It's a horror movie from the 70s. So in that respect, I'm looking at just a straight five. But then I think back to that Christmas episode um, and the terrible plan that she has, the blood, the Santa Claus is a serial killer. Um, (laughs) And that, I think, just edges it into the badly awesome range. But I'd probably go with just a seven. No, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah just scraping into the badly awesome sort of range because there's some. Uh, oh, and, and the final closing scene of the um, <laughs> the Crypt Keeper just saying, Who's next? And then looking straight at the camera, Perhaps you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it just scrapes into the badly awesome range. Um, but if they had have only had four episodes, if they hadn't have had that Christmas one, I think I would have just given it a five. Yeah, okay. I could just, just a straight, ordinary movie. Hmm. Yeah, we, we can have some very weird swings and roundabouts on these um, on these ratings. Uh, I forgot to mention, like, so this is a horror anthology movie. Have you seen many other, like, anthologies, like the VHS, the ABCs of Death, all that sort of stuff? Um, or even like Twilight Zone, we can tell you Black Mirror yeah. if we're talking about well, series and stuff. Um, I've never watched Black Mirror, although I've heard it's really good and people are probably going to yell at me for not watching yeah. it. I've seen every uh, episode. Okay. Um, definitely seen The Twilight Zone. Um, that's just a, a cult classic. 
Um, I've watched some of the Tales from the Crypt. Um, do you remember there was actually a Nightmare on Elm Street one? TV series. Oh, Freddy's Nightmares? Is that what it was called? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I never never um, saw it. Yeah, I remember... And I think one of those actually had um, Deborah Harry from Blondie. Yeah. Um, in one of the episodes for that. Um, so I've seen a couple. They're, um, they're very hit and miss. It depends um, which, like, direct writers and directors they get for the segments. Like, some... Mm. Like, within, like... Like, so Creepshow, I've seen Creepshow 1 and 2... Whereas I think there's three stories in number two, and only one of them's really one of them's like really good, and the other two is like, oh, this is just not entertaining at all. So I will, mm. I will definitely recommend the first Creep Show. Like Stephen King is like one of the the leads in one of those the stories in that. Yeah, I, I remember reading in trivia that um, Creep Show was actually going to be a remake of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, okay, um, and then it just turned into its own thing. Well, I think we're going to wrap this episode up here. Uh, do we have any feedback for the movie? Uh, no, not really. I, I um, thought we had some Twitter notifications. I don't know if you've seen, if that's anything that we need to address. We've got, uh, got a retweet or something here. Yeah. yeah, we've got a couple of retweets. Um, there was one comment from um, uh, Morty, which is a guy I know from, from Melton. Uh, just saying that he vaguely remembered there was a cartoon version too, um, which was the the Crypt Keeper TV series. But there was no real comments that we received about the okay. the thing itself, uh, which is a shame because I thought a few people would speak about at least the cartoon series. Um, so I think we're going to leave this here. Yep. And then um, we will move on to little sneak peek behind the scenes here we're going to go back to back and start recording the bonus episode now where we will be covering tales of frankenstein 1958 you can talk about 2018 i am a little bit curious but yeah, yeah. i i have both don't worry i've got notes yes. <laughs> um I, I went above and beyond with the the prep work for the for this show um Watching anything above the minimum, I think, is going above and beyond in, uh, at the moment. What, um, you know, watching what, watching what we... we're meant to watch, like I couldn't get through that, so I didn't even do that. <laughs> uh, look, and, and as I said to you on Twitter, uh, it doesn't get any better. Okay. Um, I should probably talk about the shows that we're going to watch next month. Okay. Yes, we haven't discussed what are we are we picking a thing. Like, so you've got like the main pick, and then maybe I pick like the supplemental thing that's related to whatever you pick. Then um, we could do that. Or if you um, you've completely laid I, I've, out the I've, I've got a double feature lined up, but oh, I'm God. happy to change it around. Okay. Should I so, brace myself or? Uh, maybe. The um the two movies I was looking at uh, are ones that I've seen sort of floating around on my my very dodgy recommendations list for a while and um i felt like going sci-fi this time so i'm looking at star crash oh and, okay yeah yeah and, and potentially for our bonus feature battle beyond the stars all right i haven't heard of that one all right um you'll you'll recognize some of the cast from battle beyond the stars it has the guy who plays hannibal from the a-team Okay, yep. 
um, as what appears to be a space cowboy. <laughs> like, full-on cowboy. Um, and where can we find these movies? They're both on streaming. Um, so, uh, let me see here. Yeah, George Papad, from, uh, which is Hannibal from the A-Team. Okay. But every um, every year on a on Star Wars Day, which is mm-hmm. May the fourth, Tom Downey from formerly of Eighties Picture House, but now the Sixty Minutes with, like he just trolls everybody because he loves Star Crash, so he just posts like Star Crash stuff every every May the fourth, and just like he's had people unfriend him on Facebook because they get so wound <laughs> up about it, and I'm just just laughing because he's like, oh, Star Wars sucks. This is the real the real movie you need to be watching, Star Crash. <laughs> So and I've never seen it, so I'm glad I'll be Excellent. able to join in oh, the yeah, fun. Like I said, it keeps showing up on my um, quite dodgy review. Um, uh, it's David Hasselhoff, isn't recommendations. it? No, no, I don't think so. Oh, I thought it was um, maybe there's a guy that looked like David Hasselhoff. <laughs> maybe. Um, so Battle Beyond the Stars is from 1980, and it is available on both Tubi and Prime Video. Sounds like something uh, that would be on both those. Yeah. And it has um, uh, some, na- some names that will sound very familiar. Um, Richard Thomas, Robert Vaughan, John Saxon, George Papard. So it's got a reasonable group of recognisable cast members on there. Yeah, Dave- uh, yeah, it is David Hasselhoff. On Star Crash? Yeah. Oh, even better. As Prince Simon, but Christopher Plummer. Um, no other names are standing out. Nineteen seventy-eight, so one year on the heels of Star Wars. Yep. So. Um, so yeah, and and it, uh, having a look at the previews, it looked badly awesome. So I'm I'm really looking forward to watching these two movies. Um, but that's it for this month for our um, main show and we will see everyone in two weeks for our bonus feature on Tales of Frankenstein. We'll talk to you then.